Jeremy, tell me about your dreams. No. Oh, wait. Okay. Um, I had one dream. It's kind of like a, maybe it's like a micro dream. I don't know. You know, you like dreams, uh, like short ones. Mm-hmm. I had a dream someone was uh, like a bigger account on Twitter was just like stealing my tweets. <laughs> but they were getting the same level of engagement as me, so it didn't matter. <laughs> uh, I have dreams where I'm at work. Oh, those are the worst because it's like actually going to work. Yeah, but I have them every night. Oh. And it's a combination of like three jobs. Oh. It's a combination of uh I work in the psych hospital. Uh-huh. Work at the dollar store. And uh it's a little bit of what I do now, but not as much as the other two. I think because those jobs were worse. Uh <laughs> but often I'll have to be stocking things and also dealing with like a crisis of uh someone uh doing something crazy. Uh, they're pretty bad, but I have them every night. <laughs> uh, what does it mean? I don't know. I like. I know that when I was younger, I used to have these like crazy, scary dreams that I never had any real memory of. I would just like wake up and just feel terrified. Yeah. And like, I, I just remember like the one vision that I always saw in these dreams was like almost like uh. It's like me, like a tank tread, just like, like, uh, uh-huh. like a belt going across like a bunch of like wheels. Yeah, yeah. And that's the over. only thing I remember. I don't think that that was what terrified me in the dream. Was it running over a bunch of skulls like at the beginning of Terminator? Maybe it's because I saw Terminator Two <laughs> when I was way too young to see Terminator Two. It's tough to gauge the right age when you're ready to see Terminator Two. Every child has to decide that for himself. <laughs> Have you ever experienced sleep paralysis? Uh, you know, not in the sense where there's like, I, I can't move. I don't know. I've woken up from dreams and been like, like you said, terrified. I remember at one point when I was like a kid, I woke up and I was just screaming at, I don't know, whatever terrible creature was in my room about mm-hmm. what it wanted and why I wouldn't go away <laughs> uh, and why I kept watching me. Uh, I think that room's actually haunted, but... Uh, oh. Yeah. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, I'm going to start sleeping in there again and see if the dreams come back. <laughs> I just, like, when I was... Especially when I was younger, I often had this thing where I would, like, start to wake up, and then I just, like, couldn't move my body at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it was very scary to me. Yeah, understandably. Now, I didn't have, like, that thing where some people were with sleep paralysis or, like, and then I saw an alien watching over me or something like that. I never had that. But uh, I just remember waking up and, like, being unable to move and being terrified. It sounds weird, but I I don't know how old I was. I'm going to say two. Uh Uh-huh. I remember a dream from when I was two because it was probably real. So I was sleeping in the room that it's haunted, I think, even then. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember, like, waking up and standing in my crib and watching, like, a parade of, like, animals come down the hall and, like, go through the wall. Oh. I remember this on a couple occasions. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that room's pretty fucked up then. Yeah, it's, uh, something's going on back there. Well, you know, Do you we have watch... already had, uh... Huh? 
the existence of aliens basically be confirmed? It's true. Uh, it's probably all just been aliens the whole time. Probably, yeah. They've been manipulating my mind. Yeah, they're they're to blame for what's become of you. Yeah, I've been the subject of secret experiments since a young age. They've turned me into a dream warrior. <laughs> well, uh, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. Hello, I've got... Um, I, pr- I found I was coming in- to your house. Uh-huh. Because it's a raincoat report day. Because that's where we're at. Yes. And I found this videotape on your porch. Oh. Do you want to watch it? Yes. Okay. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. It's wrapped up a bunch. Yes. <laughs> Multiple layers. Yeah. It's got... There's a bag. There's like a black sack. There's a bunch of tape. And there's a bunch of twine. And then inside of it was a videotape. And it said, for Jeremy and Boss. <laughs> so we watched it. That's We paused just now. We came back. Yes. and we, uh, We're changed. We are changed. Because now our dreams, instead of being of dancing animals or uh, crazy tank treads, they're now dreams of leather. Yeah. I keep dreaming about... Like, uh, Big Leather Daddy. Yeah, Big Leather Daddy. He is... He's tanning your hide. He's tanning my hide. He looks like Pinhead. (laughs) (laughs) With a mustache. (laughs) (laughs) And And, he uh, is beating my ass with a paddle full of pins. He has such sights to show you. And so do we. Because this week we're covering... Rave du Swell. Yes. Or Weather Dreams. Yes, so we are uh, taking a dip into the 90s, 1992 to be exact. The video era. Yes, and uh, we're taking a trip over to France, a place that we've made a few visits to already. Yeah, um, I accidentally made a couple international trips this week. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, or this past, you know, whenever we did this. Uh, But... Leather Dreams is directed by Francis Leroy. It is uh, one of his later works. He started making films in uh, 1975, at least adult films. And his last adult film came out in 2001. Uh, This is towards the end of his career, though. Uh, Before Leather Dreams came out, his last adult film was in 1982. So he went uh, about a decade in between adult films there. And uh, what came out was something, uh, quite something. Yeah, his career has been uh, pretty pretty long. He was uh, he got his start assisting uh, someone in the new wave era in the sixties. Uh, but uh, it seems like he's done a ton of Emmanuel films. Yeah, it looks like, uh, oh yeah, he was an assistant for Claude Chabrol, uh, who I don't think I've seen anything he's done, but I've seen his name multiple times. Well, good. Yeah, he he did do a lot of Emmanuel films. He actually did Emmanuel 4, which I think is the first that uh, was kind of uh, where the 
series went off the rails. <laughs> right. Yeah. After the initial like three films. Yeah. Yeah. They took one of the M's out, or they added an M, and they got crazy. Yes. Uh, we're gonna learn more about that soon, I believe. But uh, yeah, and just in the '90s, he did a Manuel Forever, a Manuel's Revenge, a Manuel in Venice, a Manuel's Love, a Manuel Magic, a Manuel's Perfume, a Manuel Seven, a Manuel Secret. Uh, and that was all, according to IMDb, and just in 1993. So <laughs> that's quite all, a Manuel run. It's all TV films as well. Yes. What a well, a Manuel Seven uh, appears to just be a film and not a TV movie. Well, good. Uh, and then, yeah, that was after Leather Dreams and before Leather Dreams Two. All in between, all of that happened. Yeah. What a year. What a year for uh, Francis Leroy, and what a year for France. Give it up for France. What a year. <laughs> oh, yeah, hold on. Uh, we don't have any clapping. Oh. We just have a boo and laughter. Oh, yeah, I guess we need to work on that. Well, here's a French noise for him. There we go. That'll work. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, one of the things that this is uh, likened to is uh, Videodrome, mm -hmm. which I can see certainly aesthetically a tie there. And there's a little bit of uh, kind of the mystery of seeing something on uh, through your television screen that's kind of unexplainable. Yeah. It, but uh, I'd say that's about where the similarities end. Yeah, there's unfortunately no body horror here. No, I wasn't necessarily expecting body horror, but I... I think I was expecting there to be maybe more of a narrative around these mysterious tapes. Sure. But uh, what we got instead was uh, something completely unexpected. I have probably said this before. I try to go into films pretty much blind. I don't really want to know much about them. Yeah. Uh, I can find all that out later. Yeah. So uh, this is one of those. Uh, it's, uh, usually when I pick the films, I'll read the description of it. And yeah. I'll, sometimes I'll see who's in it, just to be like, okay, well, this is someone I like. Uh, obviously, this one is a uh, a cast of unknown Europeans. Yeah, we don't have any real experience with French erotic films of the '90s yet, so not yet. But well, you know, we're gonna get there. There are at least seven Emmanuel films from the next year. We can kind of <laughs> piece everything together with. You probably get a good overview of the genre, right? They probably let them be softcore on TV over in France. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I would like to go to France and see their television. Do you think they still make some Emmanuels? It's like probably yeah. Probably like one of their like she's like uh, Madeline. <laughs> you know, a little. She's she French? Yes. Yes. And uh, Amelia Bedelia. I Not think Madeline French. is their Madeline. Yeah. Well, yeah, but she's like. A Madeline for adults. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, the French people, they love their characters. They love having a little guy who's like a great criminal or like a sex symbol. You know, they just, they, they have a joie, a joie de vivre. That's what they call it over there. <laughs> yes. And I like to share that here on this show, which is why I chose this film. Well, and, it, uh, that's why I went in blind, I think, is where I kind of was going with all that. 
Well, you shouldn't have blinded yourself before trying to watch this film. It made it hard to understand <laughs> because there's no dialogue. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, this, uh, well, despite it not being exactly what we expected going in, I think there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff here, and we'll uh, we'll get into that in much more detail as we go through. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll soak it up. Yes, we will soak it up. Well, we'll um, soak it up and then we'll like, you'll soak it up and then I'll press down on you like a sponge and then you'll relate it to all of our listeners. Yes, so uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to watch this tape again. I'm going to soak boss. And I'm going to get soaked and then uh, we'll be back for Jeremy to push down on me. We're doing like the Mormon soaking, by the way. Oh. Do you know what that is? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I wasn't expecting that, but, I, you know, whatever has to be done for the podcast, I I'm guess. I'm going to get Stephanie to jump on the couch <laughs> while we watch this video. Um, but yeah, that'll probably take a little bit. When we come back, we'll be sore and ready to go. <laughs> so yes, we'll be back to talk more about Leather Dreams. I already said that. Damn it. to start with a warning about strobe lights. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think that... If it came out now, it certainly would. Yeah, I'm going to issue a warning to our listeners. If you enjoy this film, but you are sensitive to strobe lights or things like that, I would just skip the first four minutes. Yeah. (laughs) That's, uh... As Boss will explain, that's about it. Yeah, so... Leather Dreams opens with some trippy music using uh, the stereo soundstage to its full extent. Yeah. Which is uh, mostly worth noting because most of what we watch is old stuff that was recorded in mono anyway. Mm-hmm. And even the newer stuff we watch that is technically recorded in stereo, there's no effort really made to utilize that. Was it really... I know you've got like a nicer sound system than me for sure. Was it really pounding you when you were watching it? Uh, I was watching it with headphones. Okay. So I could just hear the separation really sure. well. yeah. We see a penis sitting atop a vagina lit dimly by flashing strobe lights. And the man pushes his penis into the woman's vagina and begins to fuck away furiously as this industrial music starts playing. Mm-hmm. Really pounding away. The music pounding away just as much as his cock is. Yeah, he is banging away at this woman. Uh, for a while, I'm worried that this is all the film is going to be. Right. The woman's laying back on a couch, and the guy is sitting up as he's banging her. We get a lot of penetration close-ups and pull away to get some wider shots and facial reactions as the strobe light flashes away. We move to our blonde lady riding the guy cowgirl as he sits on the couch. She looks back and makes a lot of eye contact with the camera. We then see a curtain open up 
and a man in a leather hood reaches in and snatches the lady up off of the guy's lap and carries her off. The man is shocked by this and chases after her. We then see a limo parking and men in suits dragging a naked woman on a leash into some place as we get our title card. And uh, we get some credits with close-ups of a CRT screen in the background with filth playing on it that we can't totally make out just because it's zoomed in so much. Yeah. Disturbing start to affairs. Speaking of disturbing starts, so there are, as is the case in a lot of uh, movies of the 90s, there are some extended sex scenes in this film. And during some of that, I was kind of clicking around on uh, the Internet Adult Film Database. Okay. And, you know, I, was, I had Leather Dreams page pulled up, and I clicked on Francis Leroy. I was like, oh, have I seen anything he did? Uh, he co-directed Pussy Talk okay. with uh, Claude Mulot. All right. So, you know, he, he rubs shoulders with a... A classic uh, man of the podcast. You don't know your ass from a Malo in the ground. <laughs> but uh, then on Leroy's page, it showed that his death was on March 21st, 2002. And then it had a link next to it that said details. So I clicked on that and that led me to uh, IAFD.com slash dead porn, which yeah. is a list of all of the dead porn stars, or at least all of those that are tracked on the IAFD. Okay. And this quickly gave me a lot of stuff to wa- to look at as I was uh, looking around. So Yeah, it's got a whole... It's broken down by category. Yeah. So... I start looking at this, and I'm like, okay, so there are categories at the top. All, accidental, AIDS, medical, murder, OD, suicide, and unsure. So looking at those headers, I clicked on murder because it was the most interesting one to me. And in fact, there are a lot more names on this list than I expected to see. Mm -hmm. But as I was going through, and like, there's a column there that shows uh, cause of death or whatever... And I saw one listed here that was killed during police arrest. And I was like, fuck, that's crazy. So I look and uh, there's like a more info link. And I click on that more info link. And it takes me to the Wikipedia page for George Floyd. Oh. And I was like, wait, what? What is so happening here? This was... <laughs> yeah, sound the alarms. What is going on? So this was Big Floyd. Uh, and apparently this is George Floyd of... The George Floyd incident. Is that what they're <laughs> that calling it? That shook the country. Oh, that's what you're calling it. That's what I'm calling the it. The incident. Uh, the murder. All right. Oh, yeah. It's an incident. Uh, from May 25th, 2020. Uh, apparently, George Floyd, as Big Floyd, was in a scene by thehabibshow.com in 2016 called Sexy Ebony Queen Porn, Houston's own Kimberly Brinks. Where he and Kimberly Brinks uh, had a sex scene together, apparently. Have you looked this up to confirm it? I mean, I haven't watched the video, but this is what the IAFD says. I'm not convinced entirely it wasn't like just like a racist prank. But uh, Maybe. I mean, I guess it could be. I don't know. Uh you know what? I'm willing to believe it. I'm looking through the unsure category. So oh. a lot of 20 
deaths in 2022 and so forth. I'm wondering how many of these are just like COVID deaths. Perhaps. Um, one of them just says, passed away in the sleeping. <laughs> so uh, that was it for her. Yeah. In I was the not, sleeping. In the sleeping. This page, I think, will probably absorb me for a while as well. Yeah. So I did. So if I. Uh, Missed anything that you noticed in the film? Certainly step in because it's quite possible that my uh, attention had been diverted away. There's a man simply known as Freddy who disappeared under mysterious circumstances and was found dead in the Williamette River a few weeks later. So that's cool. <laughs> and honestly, this going through this list is a very good compliment to uh, something with the tone of Leather Dreams. Yeah. It adds to the eeriness of everything. Yeah, all these people, all these lives, where are they now? Um, of course, Carlos Tobolina's on the suicide list. Oh, no. As we know. Yeah, that's the only thing I know about him. We know a all... lot about Carlos Tobolina these days, I feel like. He's a professor. Oh, yeah, he teaches a sex class. Yeah. That's pretty cool, but they don't have any desks. He also works at a TV station. He, the myth of a one-job economy has always been a lie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're really trying to make it on your own, you got to hold down a bunch of jobs. That's why I haven't been making it. (laughs) So we eventually fade in on a guy smoking a cigar on a bus bench. A woman in a white dress walks up and sits next to him. So, uh... None of the characters here have names, uh, but this woman, our lead here, is played by Zara Whites, and uh, she is... That's Carter Stevens on this list twice. Uh, I don't know. There's a couple people on there twice. Was his death uh, unsure? Yes. He looks like a caveman in this picture they picked for him. They should have got him... You hit him wrong. I'll say that. Do they have a date? I imagine it wasn't that long ago. Uh, December 30th, 2020 is okay. uh, the date given. Gotcha. Yeah, he probably got the Rona or something. Sounds like it. He would have been right in there. That's when they were saying we we're going to have a winter of darkness and death. And it took away our Carter Stevens. It swept the porn industry, I guess. So anyway, anyhow, there's this guy smoking a cigar, and the and uh, Zara sits next to him. Uh, this guy walks away and leaves in his raincoat, his trench coat, really. And that's Francis Leroy himself. Oh, it is. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. He leaves behind a wrapped that, black rectangular item on the bench. That's just like the thing I found on your step. Yes. The woman picks it up and looks around but doesn't see the guy who left it. She ends up getting on the bus, carrying the package with her, and we watch as the cigar man peeks around a corner to watch her as she's leaving. (laughs) Sorry, I clicked on murdered, and the first man who was murdered was a man named Toy Master. (laughs) And it just... It's not funny, but... It's funny to imagine a man named the Toy Master being killed. (laughs) We watch Zara show up at her home. She rings a doorbell and is let in by her maid, who we get to meet a little bit throughout the film. She makes her way up several flights of stairs and meets a black cat on a blue sectional. 
She pulls out the odd package she found and cuts it open. Inside, there's another layer of packaging, and indeed, she has to cut open a few layers before she gets into the VHS that's inside. I kind of did this as like a bit one time when I sent someone back a, I don't know, like a road trip with a friend, and they left their camera in my car. Uh huh. And they're like, package it gently. And I was like, okay. So I wrapped it in like cord and twine, and then wrapped it in like one kind of tape and then another. So they had to like really saw through it to get their camera out. <laughs> Uh, I'm a good friend to have. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it. Uh, the woman, seemingly curious, uh, Zara here, puts the tape into her VCR. She hits play and sees a bunch of static at first, and slowly a image starts to fade in and out of a woman whose hands are bound above her head being flogged. The maid walks in and catches a glimpse of this on her TV, and so Zara turns the video off and walks out of the room. The maid then sits on the couch. We then cut to a silhouette of Zara's body moving back and forth. At first I thought she was doing some sort of dance, but it's actually her silhouette as she's showering. Sorry, I found Big Floyd and then clicked on the details and it went to George Floyd. And I got, yeah. It shook me, even though I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that so far we've had George Floyd and like Robert Mueller intersect with our podcast. That's too close. Uh, Robert Mueller famously uh, prosecuted the George Bosk case uh, on Centurions of Rome. I know some of our listeners oh, yeah. probably don't know that because they refuse to listen to our brilliant episode about it. Yes, our, uh, our Rainbow Report Month. Yeah. was uh, one of the most catastrophic things we've ever done to our ratings. It was awesome. <laughs> I was thinking about it last night. We just called it the month that almost killed us. <laughs> but it was a good, interesting month. We're going to do some more gay porn soon. I have one I would like to watch uh, okay. for Five Weeks of Fright. Okay. Okay. Um, that's a threat and a promise, depending on how you like it. Yeah. Some like it hot, some like it not. Yeah. Uh, but don't miss an episode, or I'll find you. <laughs> Boss, let me get the little gun for my birthday. Oh, damn it. Yeah, now I have it. Pew, pew. We see Zara's maid join her in the shower. Uh, the maid's played by Deborah Wells. They kiss and caress in the shower. We cut back to the maid watching Zara's silhouette, so this appears to be a fantasy. We see Zara and the maid making out in a large tub. Zara puts away the handheld shower head she was using. I would call this, when it's through the silhouette, it's kind of like an interpretive shower. Yeah. There's not, there's no, you know, she's really just kind of bringing it back and forth. She's really changing the game on what we would consider a shower. <laughs> but mostly spraying it into her mouth, it looks like. <laughs> Zara rubs her body against the maid's and soaps her up. She kisses and licks the maid's legs as she sits on the side of the tub, and then Zara starts to go down on the maid. Zara licks her clit and uses her fingers. She blasts the maid's clit with the shower head next, and then we move on to the maid caressing Zara's body a bit, and then the two ladies trading off masturbating with the shower head. There's- uh, just like one point where uh, 
one of them's blasting the shower head at the other one, and they're just kind of like, like looking at the shower head, like when you like spray like a dog with a hose. They're like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> it's pretty good. We see the ladies grinding against each other and making out. And then we fade back to the maid who's holding a robe for Zara as she gets out of the shower and she wraps it around Zara's body and she walks out, paying the maid little attention. We cut to nighttime and Zara is staring at static on the TV, smoking a cigarette. We see the picture starting to fade in again briefly of a bound woman being flogged. Then the picture fades in on a woman in a leather strappy bra with her arms bound above her head, being circled by another woman in a black mask with a crop. The woman in the mask, and uh, the IAFD confirms that actually the woman in the mask is uh, Zara White's herself. She sinks down and kisses the bound woman's ass as she strains against her handcuffs above her head. The masked woman's holding a crop and uh, rubbing it against the bound woman's vagina. She soon discards the bound woman's panties and feels around before giving her vagina a quick lick. The masked woman stands up and crops the bound woman's ass a bit, rubbing the crop up and down her leg a bit and then kissing her ass. The masked woman starts to go down on the bound woman when we see two men in leather hoods looking on intimidatingly. The video fades to static again and then fades back in to show the masked woman going down on the bound woman while a leather-clad man is fucking her from behind. We soon get a close-up that shows that uh, he is indeed fucking her in the ass from behind Mm -hmm. as the masked woman is licking her clit. The man is also smacking the masked woman's ass with a flogger a bit as he continues to fuck away. After some continued pound-fucking, the image fades to static, and we see the TV being turned off, and a man with a stick in his hand has snuck his way into Zara's room and begins to rub his stick on her body and against her face. Zara stirs awake and leans back to make out with this man clad clad in a leather hat and jacket with sunglasses. This man's played by Christoph Clark. He gets on top of Zara's body and licks and sucks on her nipples. He rolls her over and licks her back and ass cheeks a bit, running his fingers up her back and shoving them into her mouth. Our Leatherman finally dispatches with his hat and jacket, making out hard with Zara before tossing her back on the bed. He holds her legs up in the air and kisses and licks her legs for a moment before beginning to eat her pussy and ass. He rolls her back into a doggy position and produces handcuffs, which he drags across her skin at first. He rolls her back onto her back and gently plays with her vagina, rubbing the handcuffs across it and making her lick them. He holds her up in a wheelbarrow position and eats her out from behind a bit. Yeah, he's uh, very like ass-eating, eating-out-focused. Yes, he is. And he comes out, he came out of the video... Uh, I'm not sure that he came out of the video. Where did he come from? Because he wasn't one of the people in the video. See, I think that he might be her boyfriend. Okay. uh, Because he shows up later in the film as well. I just assumed he came out of the video and didn't go back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, perhaps. It's not really clear. 
I don't think he was on screen in the video that we saw, but he could be a production of what came from the video. Maybe he was in a mask. Perhaps. So, but but so. I feel like he wouldn't get rid of the mask and then have the leather hat and the sunglasses under the mask. I don't know. You don't know. I think it might be more the energy of the video manifesting itself in Zara's existing boyfriend. I think so. I think you might be right. Or He's... perhaps this is just a dream that she's having about her boyfriend that is influenced by what she saw in the video. Hmm. But it's hard to draw a distinction between dreams and reality in this film, as we'll see. Yeah, especially me, because I was tired when I was watching it. <laughs> he makes out with her before finally pulling down his leather pants and producing his cock. He begins to fuck her for a bit. He then handcuffs Sara's wrist to the metal bars of her headboard, and she sucks his cock and balls. He pins her legs up and fucks her for a bit as she moans in delight. He leans Zara on her side and fucks her from behind a bit as we see flashes of what Zara saw earlier on the tape. They shift to doggy position and Kristoff continues to pound away for a bit before pulling out and coming on her ass. She licks and sucks his cock a bit more and they make out. We then cut to some club where a man's playing saxophone. There appears to be a full jazz band here. The saxophonist being the uh, guy who's hot-dogging and getting attention. Yeah, he's the lead of the jazz combo. Uh, Zara's at a table smoking and drinking beer. Uh, this guy is Richard Ruil. Ruil? At least that's the uh, char- the uh, actor's name. The sax man. Yeah, I just call him that. Just, in my notes, he's just the sax man. Yeah. <laughs> Zara and a couple of other women at the club seem to be making eyes at the saxman. We then cut to a shot of the saxman playing sax in a smoky alley as the uh, two women who weren't Zara uh, approach him. We keep cutting back to them watching him at the club, so this also seems to be some sort of fantasy. Mm-hmm. So this is Charlene Robin and Sonny McKay. These two women who are with the sax man. In the club, Sonny is shaking her ass towards Richard and Charlene is smoking and making eyes at him. But in our scene in the alley, both women are on either side of him, caressing him as he's playing the saxophone. Charlene sinks down to uh, the sax man's crotch and Sonny licks his saxophone. (laughs) Sonny is reaching between her legs to play with herself as Charlene unzips Richard's pants and produces his cock beginning to softly stroke it. Well, he doesn't she doesn't unzip anything. He has a button fly. Oh, okay, that's fair. She unbuttons him, which takes too long. You would piss all over yourself. <laughs> I'm adamant about this. Not a fan of button pants, eh? I just I've never worn them, but I just feel like in an emergency you don't want a bunch of buttons. That's fair. I have also never worn button pants, and I also think that they would be bad in an emergency. I like those ones with the snaps on the side that are just like... Oh, the like the tearaway pants? Yeah, those are cool. Those <laughs> are fun. They're snaps. They just go pop, pop, pop. It's easy to get them off. Yeah, they're the opposite. Yeah, they're the opposite of the button fly. They're the, the button fly of today. <laughs> We've made it better. Sonny joins in, and both ladies lick his cock from either side. 
Charlene grabs hold of the saxman's cock and starts to suck it for a bit, and then Sonny gets a turn to focus on licking and sucking his cock as he continues to play his saxophone song. The ladies trade off sucking the saxman for a bit, and then we cut to him fucking Charlene in standing doggy position. As this continues for a bit, Sonny rubs the mouthpiece of his saxophone against her clit and mm-hmm. labia, which seems unsanitary. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of um, the devil's honey in here. Yeah, a little bit. The gr- of that great scene. It's kind of an extended version of that if they'd went on a bit longer. It's not quite as great as that scene, of course. Sure, no. Which just involves a man just kind of blasting sound into the woman's vagina while she gyrates at it. Yeah. Um. This but, is a bit more, uh, they make the instrument itself and not the sounds it produces becomes, uh, sexual, I suppose. Yes, uh, there's only one Fulci. That's true. But, uh, you know, I like that people are trying. Yes. It's always good to see. It's heartening. We continue to cut back to the women watching the sax man in the club. But we cut to him in the alley, railing Charlene more from behind as Sonny is licking the saxophone and playing with herself. After a bit, the sax man pulls out and Sonny strokes his cock, making him erupt in orgasm as we get a cutaway to a champagne bottle erupting in the air at at the club. We get slow-mo shots of Sonny stroking Richard's cummy cock for a bit and see Zara smiling in the club as she looks at Richard. The band finishes the song and we hear applause. We see Zara drinking her beer at a table a bit more and see more quick flashes of various silhouettes. We then see a limo parking and Zara being wheeled around in a wheelchair with a ball gag in her mouth. She looks through a window to see a woman leading a man on a leash into a room and making him sit in some complicated chair. Uh, Kind of like a medical fetish design to it. Mm -hmm. The woman rubs around the guy's body a bit and begins to suck his cock. Uh, This woman is Claudine St. Jock. Over Claudine sucking cock, we get a transparent shot of a man's gloved hands rubbing Zara's chest and face. We cut to Claudine with her leg propped up in the air and another man pushes his cock into her vagina and starts to fuck her. We see the man fucking Claudine as she continues to suck the other man's cock and Zara continues to watch bound to her chair. We see Claudine being held by the man in the chair as the other man continues to fuck her from behind. Then she's being fucked as she lays back on some surface. We then see Claudine riding a guy and another guy comes up behind her and pushes his cock into her ass for a double penetration situation as she's sucking a third man's cock. This airtight stuffing continues for a bit as Zara watches on. We then cut to a bunch of gloves glowing under a black light, running their way all over Zara's now naked body as she lays on top of some sort of dark plastic. We have flashes back to Zara watching the woman getting stuffed, and then see Zara masturbating as all these glowing gloves touch all over her. One of the men with glowing gloves pushes his cock inside Zara and starts to fuck her as more gloves caress her body and she plays with her clit. This continues for a couple of minutes and we see Zara stroking the cock that was fucking her as a couple of the gloved hand guys stand and stroke 
and ultimately all three come on her body. We then cut to Zara in bed, thrashing around, startled. There's a man in bed with her who grabs her and starts to comfort her. And this is Christoph, who we saw earlier as the leather daddy. Okay, so yeah, I think you were right in calling... Um, that's her boyfriend, perhaps. Unless he just stuck around. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's hard the, to tell in this film. Yeah. So the maid walks into Zara's room and leaves something in there and storms off. Then we see Christoph re-leather himself up and take off. <laughs> Zara comes downstairs and puts in the VHS and hits play. Seemingly ready to play with herself, but she can't seem to get the TV to work. As she gets up to mess with the VCR, a giant cock pops up on the TV, and she smiles. She then begins to bat at it like my cats do when they try to slap birds on my TV. Aww. <laughs> Zara plays with herself as she touches and licks the TV where the image of the big cock is. Did you ever lick an old TV? I did not. Did you I don't put think. your face near it? I mean, I feel like my face was close to it. I don't know if I put press my flesh against it. Get a lot of static. I've def I mean I've put my hand against it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you feel the static. The old, yeah, if you lick the TV you get to eat the static. Oh yeah. And it tickles all the way down. <laughs> so um you've got an old CRT TV downstairs. Yeah, I do. Um just turn it on for a while, let it get hot and then give it a lick. See how you feel. <laughs> I'll uh keep that in mind, yeah. Okay. After a bit, we get a shot of the TV from the side, and we see a cock stick out of it. Whoa. Which Zara begins to lick and suck. Then a second cock sticks out, which she grabs as well, and then a third. And this is pretty cool. I like this. She goes back and forth between them for a bit, licking, sucking, and stroking them in turn. This goes on for a couple minutes, and then she eventually strokes one of the cocks to finish it off on her chest. After enjoying her chest covered and cum for a moment, we see hands reach through the screen and put a collar around Zara's neck. Mm -hmm. Pull her in. I think they just had... I don't know if all the dicks that she's sucking and blowing in this one are real or if they're dildos. I thought they were real. They're probably know. real, but only one comes, which yes. is kind of a disappointment. I was like, okay, they didn't have the dildos that could like blow big loads, so they just had to get one guy. But if <laughs> they're all real, what the hell? I don't know. But uh, still, pretty cool. Uh, I like when stuff comes out of the TV. We then see Zara taken off in a limo and dragged into a place just as we saw a woman being dragged into a place at the beginning. Yeah, I think uh, I think things are wrapped. I think things are coming together here. Yeah. A couple of men in suits shackle her hands above her head in handcuffs. We see the blonde woman we saw being fucked while bound earlier, but she's now wrapped in chains. Our bound woman, uh, who is played by Carol Tredill, mm -hmm. drops her chains and takes a flogger over to Zara and begins to flog her ass repeatedly. The spanking, in fact, continues for a bit here with uh, Carol spinning Zara back and forth and repositioning a bit, but really putting the flogger to her ass. After a bit, Carol slides down the thong Zara had been wearing and then straps a strap-on harness with dildo to Zara's crotch. Carol gets down and strokes and sucks Zara's strap-on dildo a bit. 
Then, two men in leather hoods join the ladies and help position Carol so that the chained Zara can fuck her with the strap on. Meanwhile, at Zara's place on her sectional, we see Zara's maid and Kristoff watching this on the TV. Zara's now fucking Carol anally with the strap on as the two men hold the ladies close to them. In Zara's living room, Kristoff is aggressively undressing the maid. We see one of the leather men fucking Zara from behind now, the strap-on tossed away. Kristoff goes down on the maid on the couch. Carol's getting fucked from behind by the other leather man. Kristoff is making out with the maid, and then she starts to suck his cock as the ladies on TV are still getting fucked. Kristoff fucks the maid on the couch doggy style as they continue to peer towards the TV. Kristoff lays the maid on her back on the couch and fucks her more. On TV, we see Zara and Carol finishing one of the guys off. The maid is riding Kristoff on the couch and sitting cowgirl, and we see them switch into a few positions. Mm -hmm. On TV, we see Zara reaching towards the screen as if she can see Kristoff and the maid fucking. He's banging the maid hard doggy style and pulls out and comes on her ass. We see Zara staring through the TV and Kristoff and the maid seemingly looking back at her. Zara turns her back and faces the other way. She can't get out of the TV. Apparently not. She's stuck there in the video drum. We cut to our raincoat perv from the beginning of the movie sitting on a bus stop again, smoking a cigar. Another woman sits next to him and he takes off, leaving his package behind again. She picks it up and examines it and looks around again, just as uh, Zara did at the beginning. She doesn't see the guy and she takes off onto the bus with it. We see our mystery man watching her as she takes off on the bus. And then we get a freeze frame of Zara's face as our credits hit. Wow. And those were my leather dreams. Much like real dreams, I don't understand what happened. <laughs> I right. don't care. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk more about Leather Dreams. in this puppy all right well it's time on the raincoat report once again for our world famous the raincoat review <laughs> eh, good enough <laughs> close enough yeah i don't know much about like definite articles or whatever so <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't whatever. matter yeah but uh hey there's some leather dreams we had they sure were this was not the, I think, the film that I was expecting it to be, which I think we uh, mentioned earlier. Uh, what I got and said was it was pretty cool, but uh, I definitely did not go into this expecting there to be no dialogue or no like real hard narrative. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I was thinking. 
I should have been smart. I should have realized it was French and that this is the way they tell a story. <laughs> but uh, what we got instead was is, is pretty cool. It's a it's definitely original for a uh, among the things we've watched. It yeah. uh, like I said, I was not expecting a film without dialogue, which sometimes can be kind of a uh, an impediment to my enjoying a film. Okay. Uh, just because they, I feel like it tends to run slower. I'm trying to figure out more stuff on my own. My brain's getting hot. <laughs> trying to understand what I'm seeing. But uh, this one's pretty good. It's got if it, if you are going to have a film without dialogue, it definitely helps for it to be like a a, a dreamlike fantasy film. Right. Uh, similar to something like uh, Wakefield Pool's Bible. Sure. Uh, though I think that one's a bit more successful. Uh, uh, and its ultimate aims. Uh, I would say this is a film that's got a... It's like it puts a fog on your brain. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know? But uh, I like it. I like the... Uh, there's a... It's got a very interesting visual uh, aesthetic going on. A lot of heavy S&M themes. Yeah. There's a a real blurring of what's real and what's fantasy in a way that I find uh, pretty pleasing. For sure. Uh, and it's got a bit of that avant-garde kind of cafe flush feel to it as well. Though It doesn't get quite as far out as that, but the whole thing feels much more like a show than a, uh, a film proper, if that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, like you've been invited to watch a bizarre cabaret instead of like a narrative of events. And uh, I would say, yeah, if it, the film does fall down anywhere, it's that I was expecting it to have a narrative, which is uh, probably my fault more than the film's fault. Fair uh, enough. I don't want to peg it too much for that. Uh, but there's something intriguing about this mysterious video that really... You get a sense of it, but you don't really ever have a chance to fully uh, explore or understand anything else related to it. Right. Uh, and it's some things that's fine. Like, you want a little bit of a mystery occasionally, but when you have something intriguing like this to set it up, it's a bit disappointing that there's not more to it. Uh, and I guess I could just watch Videodrome <laughs> if I really needed that, but... Uh, yeah, this uh, this film has a lot of very nice visuals uh, in it, but uh, it doesn't quite hit the same heights for me, as I said, something like Bible. Okay. Uh, maybe it's one of those things I need to be properly in the mood for, but uh, I think for something, especially of the video era, it's pretty interesting and uh, a bit innovative, a bit more involved than what you might expect. Right. Uh, there's definitely a vision here, even if it's a little hazy. I would probably give it a, a solid three and a half. Uh, it dragged a little bit at times, but I would say the overall effect of it is, is pretty good. It's yeah. inducing a kind of uh, hallucinogenic sort of feeling. Right. Uh, which is something we don't get too often. Usually that's reserved for like a Franco-February Sure. So it's nice to get a little bit of uh, a winter's breeze in this uh, hot month of August. 
Well, uh, I enjoyed this film quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that even though there were comparisons drawn between it and a David Cronenberg film, Mm -hmm. I feel like it has more involved with a David Lynch film. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those are, I think, a better parallel uh, as far as just kind of... uh, out of context images you're sort of trying to assemble in your own head into uh, something that makes yeah a bit more sense yeah and uh you know with this kind of uh i guess really horror is where i would classify it more than anything else mm-hmm. just kind of the unexplained situation going on uh it works best when there isn't an explanation and uh mm-hmm. i would say david lynch is the king of that sort of thing to the point to where when they tried to start explaining things in the Twin Peaks show, uh, the series really suffered for it. Right. And uh, fully got back on track in the uh, revival when David Lynch went full David Lynch and introduced far more questions than answers. Yeah, this film has some questions. Um, I would say that narratively speaking i kind of i feel like i get what happened in this movie mm-hmm. just as far as there's this guy and we don't get any explanation to the guy he's a pervert he's part of the raincoat crowd yeah he keeps dropping these uh these uh tapes these sinister tapes yeah at bus stops and people k- pick them up in this case with zara she picked up the tape and uh, the images on the tape alone were enough to inspire quite a bit of lust in her, and even her maid, who saw like a split second of it. Yeah, it's like and, the ring, but it makes you horny. Right? And so she uh, was drawn to this tape, and the uh, the lust of the tape escaped the tape and made its way into the real world to the point that even her boyfriend mm-hmm. became a Leatherman at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. And uh, all of that's fine and well until she got snatched up and taken into the video realm uh, by whoever's cock she uh, (laughs) pumped out on her TV. One of those black mask guys. But I think that the ultimate betrayal happens towards the end when her boyfriend bangs her maid. And she sees it through the TV, and they see her through the TV, but she can't escape the video realm to do anything they, or even say anything about it. And they don't stop, even though they see her. Yes. Yeah. That is the ultimate betrayal. But, wow. uh, you know, it's a. I like the visuals of it. I like the vibe of it. Mm-hmm. I'll agree that some of the sex scenes go on a little bit too long, but yeah. relative to... Yeah, the modern. video era, yeah, it's not it's not egregious in that no. respect, and they're mostly like some of them are fairly creative or always at least interesting. Uh, you know, a little sloppy too. A little sloppy. Uh, you got the sax man in there in the middle. Yeah, you got like the Very... weird thing with the gloves all over her body, which is neat under a black yeah. light. A lot of cool, a lot of cool imagery in this one for sure. And uh, you know, we got the fetish stuff going on too. Uh, some some anal, you know, just a lot of fun stuff. I'm going to also give it three and a half stars. Excellent. Uh, I think it was a film that you guys should go out and see. Yeah. Maybe and... not like the number one Raincoat Report film to see, but it's worth checking out. It's certainly unique among uh, the films we've covered. Yeah. I would say. Uh, and once again, if you are someone who suffers from... 
epilepsy. I would say skip the first four minutes of the film. Yes, it's very flashy, and uh, I don't want to be responsible for anything bad that happens because of all the flashing. Yeah, I wonder if this film caused any problems. Remember when there was an episode of the Pokemon show in Japan that made a bunch of kids seizure up? Yeah, they all seized up. And that probably happened in the porno theaters when they showed this. Yes, in France. In France. (laughs) Uh, Except instead of little kids, it's a bunch of men in raincoats. Yeah, a bunch of gooners. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, I guess that's about it for this week. uh, We're in agreement that this film is quite a unique piece of uh, filth. Yes. Uh, In the annals of porn history. (laughs) Or if you like it. Yes. So uh, except maybe the sequel. Perhaps. We'll uh we'll check that out eventually. I do think you're right. I do hope she tries to escape the dream realm in that one. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. Or not even the dream realm, the video realm, sorry. I hope though, as she's trying to escape the video realm, she gets like a, a video Freddy Krueger that's chasing her. I hope they rewind it and we start at the beginning of the film of the first film again. <laughs> So, follow us on Instagram and X. No, it's Twitter again. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) At Raincoat Report, or even Threads, which we don't post on, but might in the future. If you follow us, I'll post there. Uh, Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Patreon.com slash Raincoat Report. You get uh, two bonus episodes a month, early access. They're ad-free. This week, we're talking a little bit more about uh, X Hamster's reality series, The Sex Factor. Yes. And uh, that will be a delight for all who listen. We'll see, uh, you know, who has what it takes and... uh, Who has a fucking meltdown. Yeah, who has (laughs) a a terrifying meltdown. (laughs) It's me. Yeah, it's usually Jeremy, especially when he gets hot in August. Yeah, hot and angry, and, and it just short circuits me. But uh, right now, I'm cool, calm, and collected. So I just want to say, if you're out there leaving weird tapes at bus stops, don't forget your raincoat. 